Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You guys might see a little bit of mouth breathing on today's episode. Apologies for that. My uh, nasal situation has devolved since this morning. I am a bit congested. It's fine. I I didn't want to use Afrin yet because I want to save it for when I got to fall asleep. I guess I could do it now and then more later, but damn, man. What am I, some kind of Afrin addict? Oh, I am? Oh, okay, then. That's fair. Maybe I should have done that. Oh, well. Screw it. It's fine. Again, I don't feel all that bad. Light headache just from being so congested, but it's all mushy through here. Oh, yeah, that's a handsome dude on your screen right there. Welcome to this bonus edition of Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespris, Snuffleupagus for a day, at Dan Vespris on Twitter. Wish I could change my Twitter handle to at Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. That didn't work. Uh, you can check out sportsethos.com, Ethos Fantasy BK, and of course our trade deadline live coverage coming up next Thursday. February the 8th at 7.30 a.m. Pacific time. We are at 565 thumbs up and counting. I can't just say the noise right now. That's not going to work with the current sinus situation. But uh, let's go ahead and dive in. We'll keep this one somewhat on the brief side. My goal is 15 to 20 minutes, kind of a quick hitter. Seems fun, right? See if I can remember to turn my mic off when I'm snurking through my nose. I feel like that's a Dr. Seuss type thing. Um, why am I wearing a Cincinnati red shirt? Actually, this is my at-home shirt. Uh, I forgot to take it off and switch into something slightly more presentable. This one's pretty dirty, actually. Like kids' boogers, my own boogers. See, there's one reference per show. Bilo. Bilo. Week 15. That's what we're talking about on today's episode. Quickly... Here's what happened from our last buy lows. Steph Curry? Yeah, that was a pretty easy one. He had fallen outside the top 20. Uh, duh. He's back up to number 19. That gigantic game against the Lakers was certainly uh, helpful. And he's just going to be better with Draymond back. And the thing is, I had people that were coming to me on social that were like, how the hell am I supposed to buy low on Steph freaking Curry? He's Steph Curry. Simple. You offer somebody that was ranked higher than him because he was at what, like 23, 24, something like that? I forget what it was last, uh, wasn't last week, it was the end of the week before we had our last buy low episode. You offer somebody ranked ahead of him with the understanding that Steph, as he works his way up the board, will pass that guy. So like a Tyrese Maxey would have been someone you could offer. Uh, I would even have gone as far as like a Chet Holmgren or a Scotty Barnes. Um, I probably would have said Devin Booker, and then he went completely insane the last week. But, I mean, you know, they'll... The concept of ships passing in the night, so to speak. It's by low is not like, you know, you're you're not offering up trash. No one's going to give you Steph Curry for trash. You got to offer someone ranked near where he was with the understanding that he will then move past them. A lot of people get this concept way wrong. You hear by low and they're like, ooh, low ball time. No, that's not how it works. You offer something reasonable. Because your assessment, your projection of this player is how far they'll move. So you should be willing to spend 
anything basically up to some distance from where you think they're going to finish. So if you thought Steph Curry was going to finish at number 13 and he was ranked at number 23, you're willing to offer something in between those two and then all the way back down to the end of time also. Like, obviously, if you could get him for number 30, you would, but you're not going to because he was Steph. Folks don't understand how this game works. Uh, last show, I said Darius Garland I thought would be back in one to two weeks. It's been one and a half weeks, and we'll talk more about Garland later because he's actually a repeat offender on today's show because of some news that actually broke right before I went on air. A couple of little by-low notes on some guys we've covered before. Mikhail Bridges finally on the way up. Cam Johnson still on the way down. Jimmy Butler, good news there. He's been a second-rounder since coming back from his injury. I think that's eight games back. He's pushed himself into the third round in actual per-game rankings. Uh, and it, to me, again, it's just sort of a matter of time until Jimmy gets this thing sorted out. So that's pretty easy stuff. We don't need to hang out on that slide for too long. Our by-low of the day is actually Chet Holmgren, of all things, who is still ranked just fine. Uh, 20, 21, 22, 20. It depends on what site you're at. Basketball Monster has him at, I think, at 22. Yahoo has him at 27. The real key here is that over the last month, he's number 61, and I think folks are, I don't want to say, like, not as excited about him, but that's probably the best way to describe it. I think folks have become slightly less excited by Chet Holmgren, and whether they should be or should not be remains still kind of up for debate. Main thing is, a lot of stuff for him is just a little bit down from where it was early in the season. Remember, he got off to a first-round start, shooting 50-some-odd from the field, 40-some-odd from the three-point line, 90-some-odd at the free-throw line. He's a 50-40-90 guy to start the year, and I think we all knew that wasn't going to stick. But the question was, where would it end up? And then how would it get there is maybe even a more important question. Because if you thought he was going to end up at 80% free throws and he shot 90% for a month... You know, law of averages would suggest maybe he shoots 70% for a month, but it doesn't always work out that way. He might shoot 80% for the next month, and then he might have two weeks where he shoots 50% or something like that, and that's how the number comes down. It's not always this perfect, like, oh, you're going to get to seven points, here's a week of nine, and then a, a week of five. That's not how averages work. I mean, it is how averages work, but it's not how they work in the NBA. It's not that consistent. So the nice thing here about Chet Holmgren is that over the last month, while he's been ranked outside the top 60, it's largely because he's shooting 50-some-odd percent at the free-throw line. As a result of that, that 90% going down to 50%, his overall scoring on the year is also down because you lost, like, roughly a point at the free-throw line. And, yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue that his shot-per-game number is perhaps a little bit lower over that stretch. He's at 11.8 field goal attempts per ball game. Prior to that, he was in the low 12s. It's a small adjustment. So the scoring is down largely because the efficiency is down. The blocks are a little bit down just because, you know, 2.7 or whatever he was at the first month and a half was going to be a very hard number for a rookie to hold an entire year. And over the last month, he's at 2.3, which is still very, very good. If you just took his numbers flat across and adjusted his free throw number from 58% back up into around that 80 range, he would jump from the mid-60s. What did I say, 61? No, 60, yeah, 61, back into probably the 20s or 30s. 
I think there's a very real chance that Holmgren's getting a little bit worn out, and you've got trade deadline and then all-star break not too far away, which kind of brings guys back out of the dog days a little bit, because right now it's like this, oh my God, the all-star break is so far away, I'm tired, the beginning of the season is so far in the rear view, how am I going to have the energy to go forward? As soon as you start to smell some kind of finish line, even if it's not the end of the season, even if it's just like a checkpoint, Christmas, uh, all, uh, all-star break, these types of things, that kind of wakes guys up a little bit. I think because Holmgren's having this kind of down month that he can probably be had for someone ranked a little bit behind where he is on the entire season. Because I think Holmgren, by and large, people are like, yeah, we knew this wasn't going to hold. Now we're seeing him tippity-tippity-tip coming, like slowly working his way down the board. What do we do now? Uh, What kind of a player can we offer up to get it back? My suggestion is start with somebody ranked around 30 that is not hurt. Um, I would have said Jalen Brunson if the Julius Randle news, uh, if he didn't dislocate his shoulder. That's one that I think you could throw out there. Um, Cat, coming off his 60-some-odd point game, I think is actually a really interesting player to offer up for Chad Holmgren uh, because I Cat is behind him right now, but over the last week, obviously, Cat's in front, 60-whatever-it-was, 61-62, uh, and Chet's been kind of slowed. You've got uh, some other names mixed in there. Depending on what stats you're looking for, LeBron is intriguing. He's been outside of the ridiculous double overtime numbers. He'd actually been outside the top 100 prior to that game over the last month. Uh, You've got someone like a Brooke Lopez who looks like he's going to have a better role under Doc Rivers. Maybe that's a name you offer up if people are valuing him higher than that. Probably won't be enough to get it done. De'Aaron Fox is interesting if if you don't need the big scoring and... You know, if you want to try to get out from the free throw issue, that might actually get it done, believe it or not. Even though Fox is actually having kind of a down month also because he's been shooting 43%. I don't think anybody's noticed because he's still scoring 20-some-odd points a game. But look, if we're talking about 9-cat here, which is the way I like to talk about fantasy basketball, not points leagues, that's the different monster. If you're talking about 9-cat, all we need is for Holmgren to go back to shooting high 70s to low 80s range, which I think, you know, mid to high 70s feels very attainable for him. And on the season, that's where he's at. And that has him ranked basically in the early to mid-20s, which I think is probably where he finishes. I think this one's a very doable one because his value is tied up heavily in blocks and not smashing your percentages. And some teams don't see the value in a player like that. I do. We talked about DeJounte Murray on a recent show. I think it was a couple episodes back because he had actually been slumping a little bit. I put him back on the buy low board now for a very different reason. And those that are watching the video, you can see I wrote 9-cat rank, and then after that colon, I put, doesn't matter. It doesn't. No one cares what DeJounte Murray's been doing lately. This I can promise you because all anyone is thinking about with him is the strife he's causing, Right now, we, we folks know the rumors. Folks have seen the weird text messages or DMs floating around on Twitter. You know, the images of them. Nobody cares that he's number 41 on the season. Nobody cares what he's done over the last month, two weeks, two months, whatever it is. Nobody cares. All anyone is thinking about is where he's going to get it traded. And the nice thing about that is 
when someone is on the block like that, especially if it's a player who's had a lot of usage, and even more so if it's a player where the destination feels like it could be a downgrade, people are going to be afraid. So there's a lot of fear around DeJounte Murray right now. And it's fine. That's allowed. He's probably not going to get, let's say he does end up on the Lakers, who, uh, you know, the rumors now is that they're souring on him a little bit. Number one, because they're happy with Delo's play lately. And number two, I think I would, my guess would be that they don't like some of the attitude stuff they're hearing about him. He's not going to get 17 and a half shots in LA. Uh, but let's say he does replace Delo. The assist would probably go up from five because I know, look, again, you're alongside LeBron, but LeBron is not Trey Young. It's not that type of, like, one person initiates ball-dominant basketball. You see a lot of Austin Reeves initiating. D'Lo initiates in L.A. Sometimes they play through Anthony Davis. It's just, it's a different kind of ball game. So, yes, usage does typically equate to value, but we've seen a DeJounte Murray as recently as the San Antonio days, or even year one in Atlanta, one and a half to two steals per game. That's a reasonable thing for to look for for him in L.A., where they're going to ask him to be a big-time defensive presence. Probably getting better looks at the bucket. So maybe you'll see a slight efficiency uptick. I don't know. I don't want to bank on it. But I don't know that his shots are going to get much worse playing alongside Braun and A.D. as opposed to Trey Young. I would look for steals to go up, assists to go up, even if points go down. And so a lot of that, in my mind, kind of balances out. Like, you're looking at a guy who's ranked in the early 40s. What's a, what's, what's a reasonable target for him? Like, even if there's a slippage, you're still probably looking at late 40s to early 50s. And I think because of all the fear around him, if you went out there and you found someone on your club that has some pretty good name power in the 60s, you might just be able to get yourself a DeJounte Murray. You might be able to offer up a Devin Vassell or an OG Ananobi, or a Franz Wagner, or, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Keegan Murray, who's 55, would probably get it done. Would I give up Vooch at 52? Questionable. Probably, though, is the answer. Nick Claxton at 49, probably give that up. Terry Rozier at 51, I definitely give that up. Um... Trying to think of what other player has pretty good name power in there. Jalen Brown at 75, absolutely. Fire that one off yesterday. So I think there are a lot of names that would actually get that thing done. I mean, hell, you might even want to go as high as like a DeMar DeRozan, who, look, I like a lot. That one maybe feels more like a lateral move, but not insane. Not insane. Eh, maybe a little insane. DeMar does feel safer, especially if they move Levine and he just gets to continue coasting along at his like right around 40 clip. But think about all those first names I gave up. Tobias Harris, put him on the board. Claxton, uh, Miles Turner, Nikola Vucevic, um, Keegan Murray. Who did I say? Franz Wagner, Jalen Brown, OG Ananobi, Devin Vassell. See if the DeJounte Murray manager is panicking. That's where you want to jump in, and that's where maybe you can get something for it. And then I wanted to talk about Darius Garland one more time. Uh, Let's see here. So um, I don't spend too much time on it because uh, we talked about Garland a week and a half ago, and I said I thought he'd be back in one to two weeks, and that's turning out to probably be accurate. 
Right before we came on air today, J.B. Bickerstaff mentioned that Garland is very, very close. So we take a quick gander at the Cavaliers' schedule this week. They play tonight. And then they got a Detroit-Memphis cruising back-to-back to San Antonio. Wow, that's a nice schedule this week. They got the Clippers. That's a tough one. But then Wednesday, Thursday, Detroit-Memphis. I would not be at all shocked to see Darius Garland back in at least one of those two ball games. Meaning... Because this news is not being heavily reported, like the big aggregators haven't churned it out yet on Garland, this is your last chance, truly, truly, to trade for him. And I don't know exactly what it's going to cost. That's the problem here. It's hard to know because if the Darius Garland manager in your league did see the news that he's super close, you're probably not going to be able to get him. But it's one of those things that could have slid under the radar. The beat writers put it out like 40 minutes ago. But again, the aggregators didn't catch it yet. Garland was number 87 this year before going down with injury, this jaw injury that's sidelined him for a month and a half. That stinks. But a lot of that was tied up in the fact that he was at almost four turnovers a ball game without being hyper elite, really, in any other statistical category to make up for it. In the way that someone like, say, you know, Embiid or Luka, these guys are in the high threes in turnovers, but these guys are absolute goliaths in everything else. You can't be at four turnovers a game and just be pretty good at a bunch of stuff. That won't get it done. If you're punting turnovers, which I know a lot of head-to-headers are because that's just the nature of the beast these days, Garland jumps up to number 44. So a flying leap forward and you know, a fourth-rounder instead of whatever, seventh, eighth-rounder that we were talking about before. I do think the turnovers slowly come down over this second half of this season. I think 20 points and six assists, which is where he's basically at right now, is relatively repeatable. So think about it from this perspective. You're probably going out and getting somebody who, nine cat, ends up between 40 and 65 on a per-game basis. Uh, Eight cat, maybe a little bit ahead of that, depending on what you think happens with this turnover stuff. And I think you could probably get Garland. I put top 80 on the board here. That might not be enough, although, again, it kind of depends on what player you're offering up. Uh, Like, if Zach Levine was healthy, he's 76. That would have been one you could have contemplated there. Jalen Brown at 75 would almost definitely get it done. Brandon Ingram at 85 would almost definitely get it done. Because, again, like, looking at the numbers, these are not guys who are that far down the board because of one bad, commonly punted category. These Well, Jalen Brown, I guess, free throws is a big deal. But these guys are, are farther down for some sort of small assortment of reasons. If you wanted to go Garland with someone that doesn't have quite as much scoring sock, that's a little bit farther up the board. Michael Porter Jr. in the early 70s is someone to consider. Um, I don't know if I... Vassell at 66 is someone you could consider. We just talked about him in a different trade situation. Ananobi is one, although he's likely to have a bump in value here with Julius Randle going down. We just mentioned Franz Wagner a minute ago. That's not a terrible idea. Bogdan Bogdanovich just talked about Keegan Murray a second ago. These are guys that, frankly, Garland might lose to some of these guys on the nine-cat side. But if it's because of turnovers, which basically is the case for Keegan, who, look, you guys know I love Keegan Murray. He was on this show as a buy-low early in the season, and he's cashed in hard on that front. But he's at 0.8 turnovers. And that's one of those things where if you're not as concerned about that, let's say you have a low turnover team in 9-cat. Or if you're an 8-cat, you don't care. Uh, or if you're punting turnovers in 9-cat, you don't care. That's a situation where an adjustment to your team 
changes the valuation so much that one dude simply zips past the other. But this is very much a time-dependent one. Very much time-dependent. Because as soon as the news breaks, which is probably going to be tomorrow or Wednesday morning, that Garland's coming back, you ain't going to be able to pull this one off. Uh, no promos today. Uh, nothing extended, at least. You guys know the Manscaped code. It's Ethos20. Uh, all I'll do again is ask you all to please take a moment to go like our trade deadline live show. Please like, rate, subscribe, however you're taking in this content. Follow on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We do a lot of work over there on the social side, and we'll have lots of thoughts about the deadline as it approaches. Yay, we finally got a damn buy low show in. Squeezed it in there in 21 minutes and change. Have a lovely rest of your Monday. Set those lineups, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. I keep doing it. Maybe I'll be able to breathe through my nose then. Ah, well. Toodly-doo.